My loyal supporters, do I have something special just for you. Subscribe for five buckaroos and gain access to exclusive content, discounts on merch and products, live videos, and so much more. Y'all know I'm generous and I'm doing this just for you. Why? Because we've just leveled up and we've grown. And those of you who've been rocking and supporting me, I want to make sure that you know that I love you and I'm so grateful for you. Be sure to hit the link in the caption or bio or check me out at lasuperagent.com and hit subscribe as a loyal supporter. Well, it is about that time for Ready, Set, Real Estate. Let me say that again, because I don't think the people in the back heard me. (laughs) This is the time of the week where we get to delve into real estate terms, concepts, and the business, the experience, the life of real estate right here on your very own Ready, set, real estate. Welcome back. For those of you who are returning listeners and supporters, we want to shout you out and thank you, thank you, thank you. Veronica says she is at work, so she will catch us on demand. And that's right. This show is available on radio podcasts everywhere including your Spotify, Google Play, Anchor FM, iTunes, Stitcher, CastBox, on and on and on. You can also subscribe to the YouTube at LA Super Agent and view the replay. Really catch up on the last 100 and counting episodes. You heard it. This is season five of episode four. Settlement statements and the IRS. Your your Aunt Iris is who we will be discussing today. Your Aunt Iris. Okay. I had to get prepared for this show because, well, I get prepared for all of them. This one in particular We'll be discussing some numbers and some math and what settlement is or closing escrow. Uh, It's funny because no one ever really talks about, I hardly hear anyone talk about what I'm talking about. Keep it real with you. And I wanted to come on and use this opportunity as always to share with the 
the, the Ready Set Real Estate tribe, the community, the family, and do a little bit of exploration of what it looks like when you're in a transaction. For those of you who are listening, I am going to be bringing up an example of a, an actual closing statement. This is a final statement when you close on your purchase. I had to go through some of my own and find one that was, I think had the most best examples in terms of all the numbers. And I realized on some of them, uh, it they're not all the numbers presented itself. Actually, not even on this one, but I'll use this one still. I noticed this one does not have the commission outlined and that's okay. So some of the settlement statements have the broker commission. So that way you can see what the fees are. And yeah. All right. Before I jump into the nitty gritty, say hi, say hello, drop a comment down below. Welcome. If you're new to the show, my name is Lisa Puerto. I'm also known as Super Agent. I'm your host and creator and founder of many cool things, including this show including this show and so much more. I'm having a blast. Uh, tomorrow we're actually having our uh, Ready, Set, Real Estate live training. So I have been facilitating monthly workshops for industry professionals and just out of joy and out of wanting to see everyone win, I am opening my toolbox to those who are interested in learning my how-to, how am I doing it? How am I doing this? And this way, everyone is winning. You know, that that's the important part, making sure that everyone is winning. Okay. And yes, so I am an active licensed real estate professional. Remember, this show is a proud supporter of Real Estate 100 Youth Foundation. That is, that is our very special place where we teach children ages 11 and up with real estate terms, concepts, and careers as an alternate pathway to success. Yes, as an alternate pathway to success. The reason I say that is because guys, it's gotta be okay. It's gotta be okay if our children decide not to go to college. Uh, I get it, some of you wanna live vicariously through your children. However, if that's not what, what's in them, if it's not, they're just not gonna do it, they're not gonna succeed at it. So what we do through the nonprofit organization is show them alternate pathways to success. And we do that through the multitude of careers available in the real estate industry. I had a wonderful opportunity to speak and present once again to the youth who are part of the apprentice program, the construction apprentice program happening here right in the city of Compton. Shout out to Compton Youth Bill, Anthony Carter, who brought me in. Mr. Carter is doing wonderful things for those youth. And if you are local to the area, you do know there is a program that is a paid, uh, a, a paid internship, a paid apprentice program. They get paid to learn the construction game. And that is so key and so important. So I really appreciate when I can collaborate with organizations such as that one, that is really putting in the work that is, you know, creating the avenues and the outlets for our youth and our young adults who are up and coming. And if you don't know, those who wanna show up and do, show up and work, you can do that very well, men and women, men and women in the construction industry, which makes you part of the greater real estate industry, which makes you part of the greater global e economy, which makes you part of this whole infrastructure. This, without you, there is no us. And when I say us, professionals like myself, there's nothing to sell. I mean, I could sell the land, but in order to sell the land, it is the construction workers, the truckers, the people that excavate the land and make it possible to build and develop up. There's levels to this, y'all. There is levels to this. All right. And so I'm really excited about <clears throat> what we are going to be doing in the future as well. And if you know anyone, let them know. They can get connected with me and I'm happy to connect it with them. And so that's what I've been doing along with a multitude of other things. So trainings are happening. Oh, let me say this. We are having our, our monthly webinars this Saturday. That is September 21st. 
go ahead and click, you know, check out on Eventbrite, Ready, Set, Real Estate. The cool thing about Eventbrite, it allows you to follow now. So you can follow an organizer. Ready, Set, Real Estate is listed as an organizer there. So you can follow Ready, Set, Real Estate and stay in it, stay connected with all the events, including the monthly webinars. So I do a couple things so that you're very clear. I do trainings for industry professionals, business owners, entrepreneurs, independent contractors. It's not limited to real estate. I just, because I, I am in real estate, I get to put my spin, my marketing, um, uh, my marketing tips and strategies and my branding to that. But also there have been people that have been attending that are not in real estate and they too have learned, are learning how to apply the tips and strategies that I share during those live trainings to their business. And that's all it is. Implement and add to your business model. All right. So that's one thing that's happening. Then there's another thing that's happening for loyal supporters. For those of you who are signed up as loyal supporters, guess what? You are getting access to the monthly webinars. And this month we are covering death of a property owner checklist on how to keep it in the family. And this has been a very important topic. I, and there people have signed up months before <laughs> months before so shout out to you all who know that um this is important and and you really want to learn this information um so that's happening this month september 21st yes september 21st belize independence day and at one o'clock so again the best thing i can suggest keyword eventbrite or there's a link in the caption below. You know what? I'll drop it here, but I, I'm not going to use that time now to find the link. I will go ahead and drop it here in the live. You can register uh, if you are a loyal supporter, which means if you've signed up just to support at five bucks a month or you paid for the year, which some of you have, which is cool. And, you know, some of you have said, hey, it's just 60 bucks. And I'm, I've been watching you. I've been rocking with you and I appreciate you. So you're right. It's just 60 bucks which means instead of paying $15 for each webinar every month, I mean, the ROI on that is already within the first, within the first month. And so you get exclusive videos and, and content and stuff like that. So working on the um, exclusive video and content, I want to make sure that you get that. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you for supporting. I have to say that. Okay. I'm going to make, uh, I'm going to bring up, my screen let me just make these last edits because i i actually really want to i want to make sure i am editing the okay cool i want to make sure that i'm editing the view uh because i am sharing a transaction with you and so when you see it i pretty much blocked out the information on here. Okay. Screen share action. Okay. All right. For those of you who are listening, by the way, you can view this on the radio pod, uh, excuse me, on the YouTube, or you can come check out LA Superagent, facebook.com slash LA Superagent or youtube.com slash LA Superagent. That way you can see a visual of what I'm sharing. So this is actually an example of from the buy side. So both parties, meaning a buyer and a seller, get what is called a, a settlement statement, a final closing statement, also known as, used to be known as the HUD-1 statement. And this is essentially your receipt. Oh my gosh, you guys love talking about receipts lately. I don't know who started this whole thing about receipts, but this is your receipt to your transaction. Like I said, I went through one. Uh, this one was uh, last summer. Uh, a transaction that uh, we successfully closed. And I wanted to bring it up as an example here for our learning purposes. And this is the part when we talk about math, right? So this we're going to talk, talk about a little bit math. It won't be too overwhelming. It's just so that you can see how all of this comes into play. And you think about where is all this money going, right? Where is all this money going? And this is a great example to talk about that because the money is definitely accounted for. It has to be accounted for so that nobody gets dinged with mortgage fraud and all that other stuff. And the reason why I brought it up today in connection with the IRS is because you should know 
that as you close on your real estate transactions, you do get your receipts. You get your receipts and this is your receipt that you will take to your tax advisor. I'm not giving you legal advice here. Let me do a full disclaimer. I'm not an accountant. I'm not a tax advisor. I'm not an attorney. Okay. So this is just for example purposes so that you can see how the numbers come into play. In this example, this was a purchase price of $525,000, $525,000. That's right. And people are like, well, where the heck is, uh, where the heck are you, where, where are you at five over a half a million dollars? Ah, believe it or not, right in Southern California. And this is kind of, this is actually two income household. And this is what the numbers are. Uh, don't get upset with me. Don't shoot the messenger is what I have to say about this. So I want to give you the full screen view, but then I'm going to do this real quick and I'm going to zoom in and make it a lot more visible. I'm going to make it a lot more exciting here. Here we go. Boom. Okay. So I'll walk you through this here. This typically is walkthrough with your notary, the notary signing the signing agent or loan signing agent, also known as notary public. And this is also done with your lender. Uh, I do know a couple things. So here's the thing. Here's the thing about real estate. I don't recommend that you do this by yourself for the first time. And what does that mean? Don't go through this. I mean, this is a lot of paperwork that you end up going through and you will see an estimate, uh, estimated closing statement in your loan doc signing when you sign your loan docs this mean you're you know people like to say i'm signing away my life it's the first time i'm ever signing away my life and indeed that is kind of what it feels like you feel like you are signing away your life and i don't recommend that you do this alone and what does that mean so two things make sure you have moral support so i that's one of the things during my consultations i am always uh, asking my clients who do they have for moral support who do they have to walk them through and they can lean on because this definitely can feel overwhelming the very first time you do this. And with that, I want to make sure that you know your agent should be there. Your agent should be there. If you haven't done this for the first time and you're inexperienced with the loan doc signing and the estimated closing statement, it can definitely feel overwhelming to look at this sheet and we'll go through this. Um, as you can see, as I'm scrolling through, you see all these numbers and these are basically debits and credits. And so this is pretty much um, what is completely involved in terms of getting a transaction closed. Most people don't talk about the closing aspect and um, don't know. I am. And that's what we're going to get into today. So this example here is for the buyer, also known as the borrower statement. This is a final closing statement, meaning the deal was successfully funded. And so when you hear we funded, actually, let me make this easier for you because you got, no, actually, that's fine. When you hear a deal has funded, that means if it's being financed, the funds have been wired over to the title company. They um, have confirmed receipt and then they will be processing through escrow the disbursement to the respective parties involved in that transaction. Once funding happens, you are at another 24 to 48 hours after that for confirmation of recording. That's when during your loan doc signing, you were signing documents and making sure your name was spelled correctly. And I will ask you, like I asked the children, do we sign things that we don't read? Do we sign things that we don't read? And you are screaming at the screen right now or out loud as you're driving in the car and saying, no, because that's how the kids scream at me. They say, no. So we don't sign things we don't read. Don't start now, especially when you're dealing with a real estate transaction. You want to make sure that you are taking the time to read through this. And if you have any questions, this is why the people that you have hired as part of your team, the lender, the escrow, the agent, this, these are the people that are part of your team to help answer any questions as it relates to your transaction. Okay. All right. So you'll note here that it'll have 
you know, file number, the escrow or the officer number. This is very important um, as it relates to tracking files, tracking files. And there is a requirement by law for these documents to be retained, at least from real estate brokerages. I'm not sure. I think it might be five years, could be longer for escrow companies in terms of document retention. For agents, it used to be five, it's now three. So this becomes retained as part of my, my file and the clients do get a copy, but as a real estate agent and broker, the retention that is the retention of the files is required by law uh, for three years in the event of any audits. Here's the thing. Um, and certainly if you don't have anything to cover up, things are in the cloud at this point. So there's really no need, I don't think, to purge files since storage doc, you know, file storage is happening online. <clears throat> Excuse me. So file storage is happening online. I wouldn't think there is too much of an issue with doing that in today's day, especially with no longer having, uh, we now have paperless files. So this is not a physical file taking uh, space in my office. Okay. And so here you'll see, it says um, the borrower, the seller and the property address. So they're always referencing borrower, seller, property address. Again, who the parties are involved. You'll note that there is a closing date um, up on the top right. So closing date, a disbursement date, and loan number, and an MIC. So these are all for filing and tracking purposes. Dating, very important. All this information is very important for your records, okay? When things happen, uh, closing date and disbursement dates, very important. And here's why this becomes very important. Because from a borrower side, you notice here, so I'm, let me not skip ahead. So here it says total consideration and it says debit. So that what that refers to is the purchase price. What is the total consideration? 525,000 in this example. 525,000 in this example is the purchase price. It says additional deposit. So here you have, excuse me, not additional deposit. You have earnest money. We call that the EMD. The last time on the show, we covered that. We were dealing with acronyms and EMD is one of those acronyms that we discussed that stands for earning money, earnest money deposit or the good faith deposit. Hey, hey, Vivian, how are you? Welcome. I'm glad you were able to uh, chime in and join us. We're doing a little bit math today, dealing with some of the numbers. So this is really exciting. <laughs> Glad you could join us and catch us on the live. Again, really appreciate when you guys are able to tune in. Somebody asked me the other day and said, hey, you know, um, because yeah, the show changed from a Wednesdays to 11 to now I, I, I do it on demand more. If you can catch me on the live, great. It's just my schedule and my day-to-day -day has really gotten tied up. So in order to just commit to Wednesday, I now have to just, I got to do it when I settle y'all. So it's typically going to be around seven o'clock, eight o'clock at night. And I don't want to pinpoint myself to that because sometimes it could be later. I know one time I did it at nine o'clock and interestingly enough, some of y'all were still up. <laughs> so that that's cool. That always works out. So in this example here, you have earnest money deposits. So I'm going to get out my little calculator here. And I'm going to plug in because I want to just show you how this works. 525000 is the purchase price. And in this case, the client opened escrow with 7500 And that number is typically determined during negotiations. Um, and I know in this instance, more than likely, since I was representing the buyer, I more than likely suggested that we open escrow with 3000 And if I recall correctly, the sellers, the listing agent or, or that who represented the seller, they countered back and they wanted us to um, kind of have more skin in the game. And that's essentially what uh, earnest money deposits represent. Uh, aside from you being able to show and prove that you can get the deal done, one of the things that shows that you are committed to the deal is <laughs> is um, the earnest money deposit. So Vivian says, I have no idea what you are doing right now. Okay, so you just jumped in. We are talking about closing statements. And this is essentially what you're looking at, Vivian, is, and thank you for that. So for those of you who are just chiming in, 
we are talking about, I, I just call this a little bit math, settlement statement and the IRS is a show topic today. And the reason why I wanted to come on is because we've been hearing a lot about show me those receipts, show me those receipts. Well, this is the receipt in your real estate transaction. Show me those receipts. I think that's, that's a better way of putting it. This is the receipt in your real estate transaction. When you close, this is essentially what you will receive once everything is all said and done. It's a breakdown of how the funds were allocated during your transaction. Who was paid, how much they were paid, what was charged, what were the fees. And this is the part where people are not seeing upfront. Um, well, they are, they have an estimate given by your loan officer within three days and it's an overall cost of what's involved. And the law now requires that you get that disclosure within the three days of having an accepted offer. And that way you are very clear of how much money it's going to take to close this deal. And so this is where I want to make sure that as you all are having this, I want to jump in the game and I want to purchase. This is the part. Yeah. A real estate receipt. That's right. Uh, this is the part where most people are not seeing or really don't even pay attention to it. And, and this is the part where I find myself reminding people, Hey, I, I want you to make sure, I want to make sure or you save your, your final statement. And the reason you're going to save your final statement is because <clears throat> you're going to use this for IRS reporting for tax purposes. There are some item, items on here that you can deduct. There are items on here that you can deduct. And we're going to talk about that. Um, which ones are deductible? Ooh. So, yeah. Show me those receipts. That's what this is. So here, as you notice, the earnest money deposit in this example. So when you open escrow, you get an accepted offer. You typically are putting a deposit down and we cover that. Go ahead and keyword in, in the uh, show. Ready, set, real estate deposit versus down payment. There is a difference. And I expect you to know this. I expect you to know this. We, 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 I, I'm, I'm purposely doing this in a series or a sequence. So I'm not going ahead of you so we can just learn basics. And now this is since receipts are so popular, let's talk about the receipts in real estate. And that's where this, this part comes in at. So if you're not in California, you may not be spending $525,000. In this case, our earnest money deposits can be very high in this example or they can be low depending on the purchase price. Some I've closed transactions where people paid $1,500 in an earnest money deposit. So it all depends on your scenario, your loan program or loan product that you're using. Okay. This is not a one size fits all, nor do I treat people that way, nor do I have team um, or nor do I have referral partners that work that way either. So everyone, is looking to cater to that client's unique situation. I like to say we specialize in unique situations. Uh, you just have to be upfront and forthcoming so that we can help you. I know this is one of the most vulnerable states that you will be in. Why? Because we, we look at your bank statements. We know how much money you, you make when you make it. Um, we also are looking at your credit profile, which means we know what's been going on in terms of your financial uh, snapshot. And by no means is it a, a judgment upon your character. And that's what I'd like to remind people about your credit profile. I've been saying this for years and I've always said this. That's why I've always had issues with people kind of disqualifying partners and significant order others regarding credit profile. When people go through stuff, you know, job loss, death, divorce, illness, that's going to impact your credit. So let's just keep it real. Okay. Let's keep it real. You're not, unless you really have set yourself up, which most people, very small percentage of people have set themselves up. But if you've been in a situation where you may get, get hit with cancer, you now have to go through chemo. That's going to impact your ability to work and therefore impact your ability to pay some bills. Okay. Let's keep it real. Let's keep it 100. 
And so <clears throat> I just want to make that a point as we're talking about earnest money deposits. And here's where we see that. Okay. And then the additional deposits, again, this is from the buy side and borrow side. So these are the credits given. So the debit amount is 525,000. Then you see that this client, this buyer, uh, opened escrow with 7,500. And then there was an additional deposit of a di and another 7,800. And then there was an additional deposit of 4,716,000. ,000. Now, one of the things that I want to point out here in this example. So as we were um, talking about the down payment and deposit, the down payment on this purchase price is close to $18,000. So if I add $7,500, where do we end up? So $7,500 plus $7,800 plus $4,716, we're at $20,000 which essentially adds up to this client's down payment. Again, you should know the difference between deposit and down payment. Here's the deposit, which makes a part of the total down payment. So this client ended up bringing $20,000 to the table. All right. So why it's important to also know that there's this thing called closing costs, and I'm going to break it down to you in this example. Thank you for the heart, getting love, getting love. Uh, make sure if you're tuning in or you're perusing on the timeline, go ahead and hit that share button and let somebody know what we're doing. Shout out to those of you who are creating watch parties so we can educate the tribe and the community. <laughs> Let them know this is a definitely numbers game. Once you get past being emotional and so in love with the home, uh, which I'm, I'm an advocate of, I want you to be emotional. I want you to be in love with it. Absolutely. I want you to enjoy what you are investing in. And this is where I need you to be logical and be paying attention to these numbers because these are your uh, these are your expenses. This is your receipts, right? Show me the receipts. Here they are. <laughs> and so here's where we talk about prorations and adjustments. This is why it was important to pay attention to. Uh, I'm going to go back up. It had said closing date, disbursement date. These dates are important. Always important to talk about those dates. Because here in this example, I'm going to scroll on up. We have prorations and adjustments. Um, let me see here. I might be able to bring on. I was going to. I was looking for my highlighter. It's okay. Um, you can see my mouse vaguely. You can vaguely see my mouse. So I'm just talk. I'm walking you through. So prorations and adjustments. This is. You know, prorations are actually one of my favorite parts of of what I learned in real estate because I apply this to all aspects of my life. I'm going to, you know, <laughs> type in proration, hashtag prorated, prorated, hashtag prorated. Once you learn proration, it will change your life. It will change your life. And here's why. If you buy something, I'll keep it in perspective in this example, and then I'm going to show you how maybe on a cell phone. Oh, let me start with that cell phone bill, right? Everybody has a cell phone bill. In an example of a cell phone bill, if for whatever reason, let's say you lose service, uh, you call, you had a drop call um, today. There was a drop call today. You couldn't get you couldn't use your phone today for the rest of until next morning for whatever reason, cell towers are down, whatever. I don't know what's going on. You contact the cell phone company and you say, once they get it up and running and say, Hey, I need to be given a credit. In other words, a proration for the, for the time I wasn't able to use my cell phone. That means putting money back in my pocket because I wasn't able to enjoy the service. It works the other way around. In this example, there's this thing called property taxes. Property taxes are paid in advance. So during the time we sold this property, the property taxes had already been paid for in advance. So what ended up, what ends up happening is you as a buyer 
are charged a proration for the time in which you take over the property. And in this instance, they did the math and it said it is being prorated. The taxes are being prorated at $435.77 per six months. And here's the date, 6-7 to June 30th. So June 7th to June 30th, that means based on the rate of the ta of the property tax for six months, the buyer is now giving the seller $55.68 back because they're now going to be living in the property and the seller is no longer going to be occupying or owning that property during the time in which they had paid in advance for the property taxes. Okay. So Vivian says prorated. Yes, absolutely. Uh, thank you for that, Vivian. And so after today, make sure you're asking, hey, will you prorate that bill? If you ever have any issues on customer service or any service provided on a product, um, make sure you ask them to prorate it. Say, would you prorate my bill? And I get my bills prorated all the time. Why? Because it's it to be, to there's a saying, to be human is to err, which means humans will make mistakes. And when there is an error, that is when you ask for the adjustment to fix the error. That's how you put more money in your pocket. Oh man, I'm putting you up on game today. I just really appreciate when I can put money in your pocket. <laughs> so with that being said, this is an example here where an adjustment was done. And the next part in terms of a adjustment proration is what I was able to successfully negotiate for my client is called a seller credit. Um, go ahead and type seller credits, also known as concessions, seller credits. You want to ask for lender credits, seller credits, uh, agent credits. Why is that? because there's money in the deal. Y'all, people can kick in. Just ask them to kick in. Work with somebody that's willing to work with you. Why? Because in this instance, my client is bringing $20,000 to the table. $20,000, hard earned savings. I, as a, as a working professional, as an active licensed professional, I know $20,000 did not happen overnight. While it takes me 21 days, to close on a transaction, typically 21 to 30 days, it didn't take me that short window of time to earn my commission. Um, excuse me. It didn't take me that long, long window of time to earn my commission in comparison to the life savings most people are doing to get their down payment. So they had enough for their down payment. We asked that the seller chip in and that's done in a credit and give them credit them $9,000. So they essentially got an additional $9,000 to help offset, listen, offset all these fees. And you see every single penny on this itemized sheet is listed. And that's what I want to show you, the receipts. This is why you ask for the closing cost credits. This is why sometimes when you get this statement, my clients know up front how much I'm making. There's no shame in my game. And uh, I, they also know that what I earn gets split. If I'm, there's, if there's an, another agent, if there's something else, if there's something I'm paying, sometimes I know on, um, on this transaction, we actually covered termite. So that was $1,800 that we credited. We credit $1,800 out of my commission to cover that. I have no issues doing that. I don't. Find an agent that will work with you, okay? Don't come at them saying, oh, will you give me your commission? No. Say, hey, um, would you be willing to offer a credit or a rebate? Buyer rebates are acceptable, okay? Seller rebates are acceptable, Ask them, are they willing to work with you on that? That's all. It's okay. It's okay. Listen, if you don't ask, you don't get. If you do not ask, you don't get. And that's why this is important. Okay. So here you see title charges. Now this is for your title 
policy. Here's why this is very important. I'm actually dealing with uh, a scenario like this that involves fraud. Title insurance, and that's going to actually be an upcoming uh, webinar uh, that will cover in November. I believe it's November, excuse me. We'll cover title insurance policy, why it's important and why you should have it. So there's an owner's title policy and there's a, there's a, a, a lender's title policy. Title policies protect you from the date you purchase going before, not from the date you purchase after, like homeowner's insurance or car insurance. Those things go into effect. Today you buy, it covers you going forward. Title insurance, when you buy it today, it covers you going backwards, meaning everything, everything on a chain of title that could possibly come up from the past. If the past haunts you, then you can open up a claim with the title insurance company. And here's an example of that. And I'm not going to belabor this too much, but this is why the fees are involved here. The reason why is because, hey, what if in a divorce scenario, I wouldn't say divorce scenario, I, I'll, I'll give an example. This, you bought a home and the owner sold you a home but didn't tell you that someone else had rights or had a partial ownership interest in the home which means they didn't have full authority they sold their interest which means now you bought part of a house not a whole house this is real i'm dealing with a case right now that involves fraud which now means um the the new owner is going to have to activate the title policy in order to protect her ownership interest in the property. Because when it was sold to her, a part of the house was sold. Actually, 50% of the house was sold to her. She didn't know that. Or maybe she did. I don't know. <laughs> Allegedly, right? Allegedly, she didn't know. Any case, these are the title charges ranging. And it's based on the, it's based on the insurance, the, uh, excuse me, <laughs> title insurance. Title insurance, the premium is based on the loan amount. So in the event that an owner says, a past owner comes up and says, hey, that's my house. You weren't able, you know, was uh, fraudulently sold to you or illegally sold to you, whatever. I want my house back. So the title company ends up paying off the mortgage. In this case, it's 515,004. $515,490. That's the mortgage. The title company covers that. You don't get back your $20,000 down payment, unfortunately. Um, however, you're not on the hook for the $515,000. And unfortunately, you don't get the house. That's that's the only thing. And it, it, it is very necessary to have it. There aren't too many cases. I think there's less than I was reading this uh, on the statistics. I think you're. I think it's at under 20% in terms of the claims filed for title insurance. And there's this whole thing about whether it's a waste of money or not. I personally wouldn't want to invest in a property without title insurance to protect me if somebody decided to sue me or come after me and say that I they still own the house that I just bought. I wouldn't want to deal with that and I don't recommend you do that, okay? So title insurance, that's something that's negotiated. In this case, the seller actually had already owned a previous title uh, policy because this was a rehabbed property that he had purchased and this is the title company he used. And so he was able to get a, a premium or a savings when, um, when it, during this transaction when he was now selling the property. Uh, post rehab. So here you see the dollar amount, $648, then endorsement, $25, a sub escrow fee, $67. There's a wire fee, $61, a mortgage recording fee, $80, a deed recording fee, $80. There's, um, uh, excuse me, $80, a record deed recording, $27, a recording service fee, $19. Um, <laughs> uh, as you can, a notary signing fee, $250. So you see title charges, you see how that adds up? This stuff adds up. 
So again, we had asked for $9,000 to offset the charges that you see adding up here. I'm going to continue going. So those were the titles. And, and again, you heard 25 bucks here, 67 bucks here, $61 here, $80 here, $27 here, 20 bucks here, $600 here. You see how that adds up $250 here. Now there's the escrow charges. So this is actually the escrow company, depending where you are, there's a settlement company oftentimes done through a title, um, a title or a uh, settlement attorney, and they have their fees associated with the transaction. And here in this example, you see escrow charges have a settlement fee, 1600. There's a loan tie-in fee of 250, a processing fee of hundred bucks. There's an electronic or copies of loan docs, 80 bucks. There's a federal express fee, 50 bucks. There's a wire fee, $80. You see, you get my drift. These fees adds up. This is why you cannot just come to the table on down payment and only with your down payment money, because if you went to a store and you put an item in your shopping cart and you start adding stuff and then you go to the register and you only brought an exact amount, you're more than likely not going to walk away with those items you purchased. Why? Because of this thing called taxes. So we just talked about taxes and, and in settlement, there's those things we call closing costs. These are your closing costs. In order to walk away with, with keys and be done with this, these items have to get paid. There's no way around it. They have to get paid. So you see title fees, escrow fees adds up. And then in this scenario, this we're dealing with a borrower. This is the lender's charges. So the fees associated to do the loan. And here you see there's um, they asked for a reserve of six months, which means that added up to three thousand two hundred eighty one dollars. They paid the homeowners uh, insurance. There was a reserve of three months. So one hundred ninety five dollars prepaid interest. This is why I talked about dates. Dates are important because you you start paying interest on the date you sign your loan docs. In this case, it was June 6th. Loan docs. You start incurring interest the day of, and you see how it says how much per day. Stuff adds up. 25 days of prepaid interest, 1761. That's $1,761 in change. There was a processing fee, $795. Underwriting fee, $895. There's an appraisal fee, which POC means paid outside of closing. I like to I like to remember this at paid paid outside of escrow. And this pretty much is your out of pocket. The borrower paid $550 via a credit card or a debit card to an, uh, an appraiser. Okay, this goes for the appraisal company. This is for the appraiser. So $550. The credit report. Um, there was a credit report here that was uh, charged as well, $127. Partners Credit Verification Solutions. So basically, <clears throat> this is verifying em employment and income and all that other stuff that the lender is doing behind the scenes to make sure you are who you say you are. You earn the money that you say you earn. And this is making sure that they are not giving out a loan to somebody who does not qualify. And then there's the flood certification. And in this example, there, um, this property is located in a flood zone. So that's flood cert, $13. And then there's the MERS registration fee that's associated with loans. That's um, $11.95. There's more. There's more. All right. How are you doing so far? I got a question. Here we go. Let me get to this one. So question, Vivian says, would you still pay all of these fees if you bought the house outright? That means if you bought the house with no loan, if you purchase the house with no loan, you won't have lender fees. If you purchase the house, you're still going to have your closing cost fees. Those tend to be, it's less for a seller because they're only paying title and escrow. Title and escrow. And I'm in California, so that ours tend to be title and escrow. If you're out of state, 
uh, and you deal with a, a settlement attorney, it's going to be this. It's just going to be categorized differently and your fees are going to be differently. I love it. Vivian says, I'm starting to understand. Woohoo! That's the whole point, Vivian, is to get you there. This is to get you there. We're showing the receipts now. <laughs> We're just showing the receipts. And I'm using, in my example, these are, you know, large, this, this is median numbers. You know, people, it, you know, when it's a million dollar deal and more, the numbers could be less. They could be negotiated less because what I'm finding is people negotiate more when it comes to these fees. And this is why I want to share this with you. I'm finding out and I'm learning that the bigger deals end up paying less because it's a bigger deal in terms of the volume. But guess what? They negotiate. They're negotiating these fees. So I, I invite you to ask and learn what can you negotiate? What fees can you negotiate? what's available and and the escrow and title and the lenders will tell you when you're on the buy side they say hey i i can't budge on any i can't budge on this these numbers i can't budge on these fees anymore that you know i've given you a credit here i gave you a discount here i reduced it as much as i can here they'll let you know if they're transparent and upfront they'll let you know that they're working for you and for your best interest i know the people i work with they are straight up with my clients and they say listen Hey, this is what we charge you. We could have charged you this, but we went ahead because, you know, you're a value client of Lisa. We want to make sure you we pass the savings to you. So that's important. Okay. Important. Negotiate. Negotiate. Ask. Ask the questions. Um, very important. Okay. So notice this is mortgage. It says mortgage insurance. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Vivian says most times we don't negotiate or question anything. So would you agree that this is important to be talking about the receipts today? Everybody want to buy back the block. Everybody wants to jump in real estate, but who's showing you the receipts? Who's showing you? I mean, that's cool. You know, people are wholesaling deals and they showing you the settlement checks and I got the check, but here's <laughs> where it matters. Men lie, women lie, numbers don't. Men lie, women lie, numbers don't. This is why I said it was math time. <clears throat> so I want to give you an example. I appreciate you, Vivian. I, I, she's like, I am understanding now. I'm so happy tonight. <laughs> I'm happy tonight because I know if you're understanding, there's some, uh, there are other folks out there who get it. She says, absolutely. If you don't know, you will get hustled. Yeah, you know, we're not we're not trying to hustle people. That, at least that's not what we do. There are people that will hustle you though. And this is the point of Ready, Set, Real Estate. This is to educate you. This is to inform you so that now you you know, when you know you know better, you do better, right? And I, you know, that's the whole thing. I'm, I'm good, I'm good. Okay, so I'm feeling good, you're feeling good. Let's go back here. We are on Show Me the Receipts. If you're scrolling through and passing by, we'd appreciate that you tag and share and let somebody know that we are covering settlement statement and the IRS. As I go through this, once I finish this up, I'm going to uh, talk about what you can deduct on your line items for your taxes as it relates to this sheet. This is your receipt. This is your receipt to show this is what I paid. This is what I'm going to deduct. Okay. You write this stuff off. This is why you keep your receipts. All right. So mortgage insurance, this says HUD, H-U-D. H-U-D stands for the Housing Urban Development Corporation, right? So HUD is overseeing uh, a lot of what has to do with our housing. And one of the things that in this scenario, this is an FHA insured loan, which means there's this thing called mortgage insurance, mortgage insurance which means because you put less than 20% down, you are being charged a risk premium, a risk premium. That means you're only bringing 20,000 to the table in this example, and the lender's bringing 515,000 to the table. Who is at more risk of losing you or the lender? I covered this on past episodes. I'm going to, this one I can belabor. I, I can keep pounding it in your head. No, I'm not going to pound it in your head. I don't mind repeating it because you need to understand 
what that means when you use, oh, I want the first time home buyer loan. I, I want to, I want the low down loan and all that. That's cool. But do know, see how much it costs to use that loan. In this example, $8,865.93 as a risk premium is being charged on top of your loan. So they were borrowing 515. Notice that it gets added. See, we, our number went from 515 to 545. So there's a tax service charged here of $73. And then there was some reserves and credits that the lender offered. Notice here it says lender general credit. Remember I said my team, and this, this was somebody from the lender that I've worked with. And you know, my clients know to ask this question. My client knows to 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 do this so today you know you know going forward to ask you don't ask you don't get and so in this instant they got a lender credit in this example of um 586 dollars so we got seller credits of nine thousand we got lender credits of 586 there was another uh, credit here 402 dollars right so we got credits on the reserves and we got credits on right here 402 dollars this is typically when you see people end up getting a, um, they can get a refund after all the numbers are said and done, right? After everything is all said and done. So how are you feeling about this math? Uh, after today, there should be no sticker shock. After today, there should be no sticker shock because I know a lot of people get overwhelmed and they look at this and they go, oh my gosh, I thought all I had to bring was my deposit and my down payment yeah that's the first part that's the front end but the back end you don't walk into a department store or you don't go to a restaurant they charge you uh tax and gratuity you didn't come with exact amount even if you came with the exact amount you'd be washing dishes in the back you didn't bring enough to the table this is why we negotiate for seller credits and any other credits is because if we can't get to the end we can't pay off the dues the fees we can't cover the receipts. We're not going to get a receipt. There's, there won't be a house. There won't be keys. None of that. <laughs> there won't be any of that. Okay. So I trust you guys are really feeling informed at this time. And this is what's important this moment today, I think of all the shows is really showing you the receipts. I think this is a good one. Uh, how are you feeling about this, Vivian? This was a good one here today. I know you've really been consistent in catching us. <laughs> she says, bring the calculator. That's right, bring the calculator. And I've had clients kind of get really, listen, it's not for you to know every penny, but I need you to know what's on here. Okay. If you work with, with trusted professionals who have your back, they go, they'll be upfront with you. They will be upfront with you about this. I have seen people who've gone into transactions where they weren't upfront. They didn't go through all this. And they were like, I didn't even understand. Nobody told me it was never covered. So if this is not meant for you to literally sit there and be penny by penny and don't, don't do, don't stress yourself out that way. It's for you to know what is on this sheet, what the costs are involved. That's what this is about. Here's the beautiful thing about it. Most oftentimes, borrowers get money back. You get a refund. Why? Because they cushion this to make sure they have enough money in a deal rather not having an, than rather not having enough. Like when reports or any um, last reports or costs come in, they want to make sure there's enough money in escrow to cover it. And then they do the final settlement statement. They do the accounting. They reconcile it and they say, cool, here's what the exact numbers were. This is what we got. This is what we debit and credit. Boom. Mr. Mrs. Borrower, buyer, here's a check. Here's a copy of your receipt, which is the final uh, settlement statement. And keep this. It does say on the statement, it says, keep this for your tax records. Keep this for my tax rec. Keep this for your tax records. <laughs> Vivian says, but you know my story. All right. With that being said, I'm going to get into 
what item in, what items you can deduct. Okay, so now once you have your settlement statement, you keep that for your tax records, you send that over to your tax advisor. And here are the items that are deductible. The interest paid at the time of purchase. Okay, the interest paid at the time of purchase. So remember those uh, prepaid interest? He said um, those, that's what you would be able to deduct. Real estate taxes charged to you. Real estate taxes charged to you. The points on a refinance, okay? Points on a refi, points on the loan. Private mortgage insurance, which is this thing right here we call mortgage insurance. And it says everything else, like all the other fees, get, in, get added to the basis of the home or overall the cost of the home in terms for tax reporting purposes. Um, and also your appraisal. Okay. So those are why your receipts are important and you keep for your tax records. Yes. Interest at time of purchase, real estate taxes, the points, and usually lenders charge half a point, a point, two points, uh, depends on your lender, depends who you work with. And I have nothing to do with negotiating other people's money, but uh, the points are what add up to your APR, which is your annual percentage rate. So your interest rate can be one thing and you notice you're quoted an interest rate of let's say 3.25, then your APR is four point something. The, the APR that shows the higher interest rate of four point whatever, let's say 4.25, that means there were an additional costs that were added on top of your interest rate to give you that, that loan, right? To do the loan. And this is what you see. These, these numbers that we use in this example these numbers charged by the lender add up to points. These are costs that you can convert into a percentage. And that percentage shows up as your APR, which is the cost of doing uh, the cost of the loan. All right. So percent of the APR and again, private mortgage insurance. So uh, again, the things that are deductible from your borrow or your final settlement statement, this is from a buy side um, because of the time I'm not going to cover seller side. I, I can think about doing that uh, next show time. You know, I, I in between my guests, I'll go ahead and open it up. So we'll cover it from when you're selling your house, what your settlement statement looks like when you sell your home. Okay. It's not going to be as extensive of this. You won't have many, as many fees because you're not getting a loan. What you'll see is a loan payoff title, escrow commissions, and any seller concessions in terms of uh, debits. If you decide to give any concessions to the buyer, that's what you'll see show up. It's shorter and it doesn't involve all of this stuff. Okay. So we'll definitely do that example so you can see both sides. You know, I'm, I'm an advocate of making sure people uh, understand both sides of a transaction from a buy side and a sell side, because it's not the same. It's not the same experience and it's not the same. It doesn't require, it, it's not the same mindset either. Okay. Make, make very careful note of that buying, purchasing, investing is not the same mindset of selling. Very different mindset. All right. I'm feeling good about that. Now, as we conclude today's episode, y'all have been amazing. Vivian, you rock. You know, you're my girl. You rock. I want to share that today we are starting our word of the week, our real estate word of the week begins today. And I wanted to make sure I, we expand our vocabulary. This is me just being a nerd, y'all. <laughs> I'm just being a nerd. I'm giving you more ways to be a nerd in real estate. Okay. Now this is uh, more ways for you to expand your vocabulary. Uh, because if, when we learn to use the language, uh, people respect us more because we are speaking the correct language. And we're not walking through life ignorant and ignorant is not an ignorant term or an ignorant way it just means not knowing. Right. So now that we know and I feel we do that through language, through vocabulary. So our word of the week is abandonment. Abandonment means a unilateral termination of a tenancy by forfeiture delivered by the landlord based on notices from the landlord. What does that all mean? They have the right to re-enter their property on the basis of it being abandoned. 
okay? Meaning the tenant abandoned, right? We take abandoned, we know what that means. Unilateral means a one way, it only needed one side to terminate. There's a bilateral, you can have bilateral contracts, bilateral agreements, bilateral by means two sides or both ways. Unilateral means one side. So what, this is one side. So the landlord is able to terminate the tenancy of a tenant. And that means their rental contract, their month to month in, in the in essence of an abandonment. Forfeiture means to re-enter. So they can reclaim, re-enter their property on the basis of abandonment. That's our word of the week. Think about different ways that you can use this in your vocabulary as you relay relate to the world of real estate all around you. All right, now that is my time. We definitely had a long segment, but I didn't mind today because uh, you know Vivian, you asked great questions tonight as always, and I really appreciate you. And for those of you who are catching us on the replay, you can always drop a comment in the live. I'm always reading comments and captions. Um, if it's something more personal, you can absolutely DM me at LA Super Agent. I respond to my Instagram a lot faster, quite frankly, because I get a lot of messages on Facebook. I have thousands of people connected and I really am grateful for that. It's just, I get a lot of messages that I have to filter through. My Instagram will be a, le a better space for that. And again, if you're a law supporter, you can always uh, you know, send us an email and also ask your questions that way too, okay? With that being said, y'all, this was it. This was it. This is it. This, we did that tonight. We did that. And make sure you let somebody know what we're doing on Ready, Set, Real Estate. Go ahead and support. Buy the snap cap. Um, the shirts, the tees are available. Uh, it's starting to get warm. So the hoodies, the hoodies still are available. And it's a great way to represent the brand that supports real estate literacy. This is the brand that supports real estate literacy and be a real estate enthusiast. Be about that life. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We'll see you next week for another powerful and productive information packed episode of Ready, Set, Real Estate. Hey.